0: Well, welcome. Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is August the 19th, 2020. Lord, we worship you tonight. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We bless you. We welcome your presence. We thank you. Lord, We just bless you, Lord, and we praise you, and we give you thanksgiving and honor and praise. Hallelujah. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's good to see you. It's, uh, uh, you know, Late August of 2019, you know the summer's almost over. 2020? I'm sorry, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> One of those days, <laughs> and the summer is almost over, and the shadows, the fall shadows, are out there, and and uh, you know, for me, in the, in it, you know, as a, as a youngster in school and so forth, we well, take the, the summer break, and then like sometime about now sometime late August or early September the uh, the year would start again and for me it was always like the beginning of the new year you know the beginning of the new year was typically this time was typically August and, and September and even the business that I was in for many years after I, I graduated from college we were busy in the winter you know but what we what we found was that the summers were extremely slow and you know you could take your whatever time off you were going to take, take in the summer. But then, you know, we like, come to the end of August or the beginning of September, we start to get busy again. And then we, you know, go on through the fall and the winter. So there was a natural progression of things that basically started the year about this time. You know, the good news is you can you can start a new year anytime. Uh, Genesis 8.22 said, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer, winter, day and night shall not cease. So the picture there was, as long as the earth remains, there will be sea time and harvest, but there are going to be seasons. There will be seasons of productivity and seasons of non-productivity. There'll be seasons of of, uh, uh, prosperity and seasons of lack. There are all kinds of different seasons, and and seasons are a natural fact of the world that we live in. But the reality of sea time and harvest was, that it was given to us to change seasons that we could sow into the season we wanted or we could sow to get out of the season we were in or we could sow to the season that we wanted to get into so the idea behind sea time harvest was that it was an agent for change and uh, that's a key that's a key key principle because you know what happened is is uh, uh, in the church you know the church got a hold of the idea of, of sowing and the idea of of, of sowing and reaping and so forth as a means to get the bills of the church paid. But the reality was God does everything by He does everything He does functions by the law of sowing and reaping. And so once again if you want to change any particular situation and change represents the route to promotion. You know, you, you get seasons, you go to new things, you do new things because of change. If things never change, they'd always be the same, they'd be boring, and, you know, you'd never get out of a, if you were in a difficult place, you'd never get out of a different place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, hallelujah. Anyway, so I just, I encourage you that, uh, think of seed time and harvest in that context, that it represents an ability that you were given by God to change the season that you're in by sowing to a new season, or sowing to get out of the season, or whatever the case may be. But you can sow. That's once again that's Genesis eight twenty-two, and uh, we talked a little bit about sowing some different things on Sunday. I encourage you to go back. We archive all of our messages on Facebook, and uh, I encourage you to go back on that. But what I want to mention to you tonight, just as a just as a side, and once again, you know, we talked a little bit about this on Sunday. We talked about every every time we meet, we talk about the subject of faith, because faith represents it's the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things not seen, so faith is the thing that pleases God, without faith it is impossible to please Him, so faith represents something that is upon the inside of us that was given to us by God In Romans twelve three says, God dealt to every man the measure of faith it's something that we were I'm just reading the notes on Facebook there. Hallelujah. I seem to greet you. We greet you in the name of the Lord. Anyway, uh, Hallelujah. So, faith. Um, Let me say this to you about faith that particularly a a Christian, this is probably true of non Christians as well. But a Christian who is not using their faith for something is in a dead zone. You're in a a very, very difficult place. And in the moment that you're not really engaging your faith for something, what happens is, all of a sudden, it's not being exercised. So it's not strong, it's not growing, it's atrophying is what it is. Because if you're not exercising your faith, your faith is not growing one of the things that that we came to the realization of many years ago and and we had so many needs and we had so many situations that we were believing God for that it was easy to pick things to establish your faith on and to begin to sow your faith towards but even in those times where uh you know god has has resolved the situations for you and take care of circumstances and you know your body's fine and your checkbook's fine and all those sort of things You still need something to wrap your faith around. You need to have your faith engaged for something. And once again, even if it's not something that's in front of you right that moment or not a situation, find something, pick something, make a choice about something. Think about something you'd like to have, someplace you'd like to go, something you'd like to do, something that you'd like to have and begin to wrap your faith around it. Begin to sow your faith. Now, Genesis 8.22 says, as long as the earth remains that we see them and harvest. He's talking about natural sowing. He's talking about natural reaping uh, there. Mark 4.14 says, the sower sows the word. What he's talking about there is he's talking about the spiritual side of sowing and reaping and sowing the word You know, uh, once again, Romans twelve three 3 says that God dealt to every man the measure of faith. Well, there's a faith that's in humanity. What happened? God blew the breath of life into Adam's nostrils. Adam became a living soul. And part of the composition of Adam was faith. There was the faith of God that, that birthed Adam. It was part of the composition that made up who he was. When God separated Eve out from Adam, there, that portion of faith, there was a portion of faith that was likewise separated out from Adam, and Eve contained a portion of God's faith. That portion of faith that Eve contained, or that, that, that portion of faith that was contained in Eve, was passed down from God. And so there is a measure of faith that is in humanity. That faith has been polluted. That faith, because of the sin nature, the faith that, that Eve had, that passed to every living being in the earth today. There's a measure of faith, the, the faith that the sun's going to come up tomorrow morning, the faith that your mother loves you, the faith of, you know, of, of on and on and etc. Um, there is a faith that people offer. There is a faith that people operate in that's not part of the born-again faith, it's not part of the Godly faith. And there is a measure of faith that mankind has that, but when you got born again, what happened was that the Holy Spirit came to dwell upon the inside of you. And the word says that Christ dwelleth in your heart through faith. So the idea is that when Christ came to live upon the inside of you, the Holy Spirit came to live upon the inside of you when you were born again, there was a new measure of faith what he's talking about in Romans 12:3 was that there was a new measure of faith. The question is, what are you going to do with that faith? And, and once again, I just I, I want to encourage you that you should make it a point to always have something that is the object of your faith. Always have something you're sowing your faith toward, you're planting toward. Now, there's different ways to 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 operate your faith, to increase your faith, to make your faith grow the principal way is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so the principal way of growing your faith is hearing the word of god it's hearing the word of god spoken hearing it preached seeing it with your eyes reading it with your 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 own eyes reading it out loud with your own mouth hearing it with your own ears faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word that is the principal uh, uh, principal way and then in Luke chapter 17, verse 5, the disciples said to Jesus, in- Increase our faith. And Jesus basically told them, You know, you're the ones that are responsible for increasing your faith, and you do it by planting it, by sowing it, and you do it by speaking it. You speak your faith, you sow your faith. And we talked about the passage in Romans on Sunday where, you know, Paul said, Faith speaketh on this wise. And he begins to talk about how how you sow your faith and you reap your faith. You sow by the spoken word, you reap by the, the, the spoken word. So the idea is those are different ways that you can exercise your faith, but your faith grows by dwelling in the word, by Christ dwelling in you and you focusing on the word and you focusing on him dwelling in you. There's other ways to be in the, uh, uh, make things the object of your faith. You can put pictures on your wall of things that you're believing for. You can draw a picture in your mind, create a picture in your mind of the things that you're believing for. So any number of ways to have something materialize that is the object of your faith. But if you are not focusing your faith on something and not releasing your faith for something, your faith is after your faith. So I just encourage you to do that. Now, what happened, and this is in Romans chapter 4, What happened with Abraham was Abraham was called the father of faith and Abraham was called the father of faith because he acted like God in that he called forth those things that be not as though they are. The principal thing that faith does is it calls forth those things that be not as though they are. Now if you're calling forth something that is already or that already exists, there's some faith that's involved in that nor is your faith actually producing anything your faith only produces when you're calling forth something that is not something that be not and so you call forth those things that be not the word says that abraham was fully persuaded that god was able to do what he promised and god was able to satisfy everything that he promised and he hoped against hope and he hoped in stu- and he stood in faith He regarded not his wife, the age of his wife, because he believed in God for a child. He regarded not the age of his wife. He regarded not his own age, but he regarded the promises of God. And he was fully persuaded that God was able to do that which he said he could do. That's the object of faith. It's to get to bring you to the place where you're fully persuaded. Because once you become fully persuaded, it's a short step there to produce the thing. For God to produce the thing that you're believing for. But once again, the ability to call forth those things that be not as though they are is the principal activity of faith. It's the principal way that faith is exercised. So I just wanted to encourage you on that. I wanted to, to uh, say to you that you should be exercising your faith. You should be using your faith. You should be practicing your faith, planting your faith all the time. If you're not, it's not growing. If you're not, it's happening. And there will come a day where you need that faith. And if you've not been working on it, if you've not sharpened it up, it just will not produce the things that you need that for it to produce. So I just I, I encourage you in that. Let's look for now. Moving on, let's look just for a minute at, at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. And we also talked about this on Sunday. And again, I, I challenge you to just go back and look at uh, of what we have archived there on Sunday. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, shall the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit, shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. So, it is what it is. In other words, God said, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that is going to reap. If you sow the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. If you sow the spirit, you're going to reap of, of the spirit. That is a prof- it's a profound statement. It's a profound verse that whatsoever a man sows, he's, he's going to reap. If you can allow yourself to become fully persuaded that God does everything by the process of sowing and reaping, God does everything by seed time and harvest. What will happen is you'll begin looking for seeds. You'll begin looking for for seeds. You'll begin looking at at what do I sow? How do I sow? That is the agent for change in your life. If you are interested in making a change in any arena, maybe it's where you live. Maybe it's your your, uh, residence. Maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe it's building your faith. Maybe it's deepening your relationship with God, or whatever that is. If you will take that verse to heart, what will happen is that sowing is the way you make changes. Sowing is the root to the fruit, if you will. It's a root to the next step. It's a bridge from where you are to where you want to be. It's sowing something in that direction. Now, once again, we said Genesis 8.22 You know was about sowing in the natural realm and mark 4 14 is about sowing in the spirit realm i will tell you this that once again what we just read is who's whatsoever a man sows that shall he reap if he sows to the flesh he's going to the flesh for corruption if he sows to the spirit he's going to the spirit life." you need to be sowing the word of god over whatever situation that you're believing for if you're believing for a change of any kind if you're believing or you're going to use sowing and reaping as an agent for change, you want to make sure that you have the word of God involved in that process. And, and uh, for example, let's say that you, you want to move. You know, you want to find a, a, new, a new location. Well, the word says that unless the Lord built the house, they labor in vain to build, you know? Um, maybe, uh, maybe you're concerned about some family members uh, or yourself and this virus situation. You know, well Psalm 91:10 10 says, uh, no plague or calamity shall come near my tent. You're sowing that word, you're, you're making a sowing, you're making a deposit of that word. So you're sowing to the spirit when you, you speak of the word. So no matter what kind of change you want to make, you want God involved in that change. You don't want to make a change that God's not involved in it because then you don't know whether it was the right thing or but when you sow, what happens is when you begin to sow, particularly if you're sowing of the word, you're not going to begin. You're not going to make mistakes in that area. What will happen is if you're sowing to the spirit, God will arrest you and let you know that you're about to make a, a change. I'll give you an example. We had, uh, uh, and this is it seemed like a bizarre example. We had a lady who came to us who. Visited the church once in a while. I use the term visit, but We've known her, knew her for many years. Still know her today. Knew her for many years, and she would come to church sometimes. And so she she showed up one day, and she had a young man with her. And she said, "You know, this uh, young man is, uh, you know, we, we're going to get married, and uh, uh, we'd like you to to, to to do the ceremony for us." And uh, now, once again, we we, we knew her, uh, you know not really well but we knew her but what happened was so think of it this way she came and she presented that as, as a seed what she was really saying was I want your approval of this situation as a as a trusted spiritual voice I want your approval well what happened is God convicted me that night the guy was not the guy for her to be married and she should not be married this guy and I thought, God, you know, what, what, what is this to me? You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know her that well. And uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know her all that well. And uh, she's obviously chosen the guy. She thinks he's the right guy. Well, what does that mean? Well, God worked on me in my prayer time, and worked on me and worked on me to tell her he was not the guy for her and that she should not be married. And so finally, I called her up and I said, now listen, you know, I'm sorry. Have to tell you this, but 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 he, he, you know the Lord spoke clearly to me in prayer that you're not supposed to marry the guy, and I think she, that by that time she'd already figured out she wasn't supposed to anyway. You know, so it wasn't a great shock, and she wasn't all that upset even when when I let her her know that. But here was the point: she was so into the spirit; she was making a sewing to the spirit by virtue of coming in and seeking, you know, and deals with me. So. So she was seeking our approval of the the situation. She was basically sowing to the Spirit. And there was a response from the Spirit. God responded. I didn't, in my natural man, I didn't want to tell her that. I didn't want to respond to her that. But God hammered on me so hard about it that I had no alternative but to to speak to her uh, uh, about that situation. So as an example of somebody who's sowing, into the the, uh, uh, so into the realm of the spirit and then reaping out of the realm of the, 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 the spirit as well. Now, let's look, uh, let's uh, take that verse and let's look over two things we want to talk about just briefly. One of them, and we talked about this on Sunday, was Hosea 4, 6. And uh, let's go back and let's take a look at that. It's a, it's a powerful passage. And uh, once again, the the the, the Greek the uh, this now this is Old Testament, so this would have been written in Hebrew, and uh, the Hebrew language had far fewer words than the English language has, and so in the English language we're much more descriptive about things, but in the in the Hebrew language, one word can have many different meanings depending upon the inflection, depending upon the voice inflections, depending upon Uh, It's usage in a sentence and and those kind of things. So keep that in mind as we we, we read this. Uh, Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Now, I think there's two things going on there, and it's clear as you look at the Amplified translation translation and as you look up the meanings of some of those words there's more than one thing going on there what he's saying is the people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge in other words what you don't know can hurt you and if you don't know to grow your faith then you're not going to grow it if you don't know how to grow your faith you won't end up growing and there'll come a time when you need it and it's not there and it doesn't work for you because you haven't developed it work on it because you don't know how and so my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge in other words they don't know how god does what he does the one of the most powerful things that we can Says you have not because you have not. And people say, well, God knows what I want. Well, maybe he does know what he wants, but that's not the way the world works. That's not the way his world works. That's not the way his word works. What his word says that you have to ask, that it's necessary. If there's something that you're believing for, you have to ask. Now, that word ask is pregnant with meaning. It means, it means more than just a simple process of asking. What it means is making a demand making a faith demand upon god's ability for something so if i'm going to ask him for something i'm making a faith demand upon his ability to produce that thing for me that involves his word it involves his it involves me being able to determine from his word that that he, he that he's able and willing to do the thing that i'm asking So the concept of ask is not just a simple word of, you know, well, I'm going to ask God. I'm going to make a faith demand in order to receive. That's one of the reasons why faith is so important. If you're going to ask God for something, just the casual, hey, God, I'd like to have this, is not going to produce it. It's going to take asking in faith. It's going to take the faith demand that's asking according to his word. It's asking, believing. Uh, um, there, there, there's a, It's one thing to ask. It's another to believe. We're told that we have to believe. Romans 10, 9, and 10. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. You ask with your mouth. You believe in your heart. You shall be sozo. You shall be saved. The word saved is the Greek word sozo. That means prosper, heal, deliver. so forth in other words everything that the gospel promises us you can get by asking you can get by making that faith the man but you got to believe it first in your heart confess it with your mouth ask with your mouth but you got to believe it in your your heart as well so this process then if you don't know how god does what he does you'll be destroyed you won't you won't produce for example let's take let's 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 take an example of of the uh, the the uh, the plague or this virus that's uh, that's going around many people uh, many christians do not know that they have to defeat fear that they have to combat fear that there's a promise in that word psalm 103 says he heals all your diseases there are promises, there are covenant promises that belong to us. You have to know how to appropriate those covenant promises. He heals all my diseases. Psalm ninety-one ten. once again, no plague or calamity shall come near my tent. There's a way that God does what he does. There's a, there's a process of you believing and confessing. You believe it in your heart and, and speaking in your mouth. And if you don't know the process, you're going to be destroyed for of mine. <coughs> if you don't know the process of going to your covenant and finding out what belongs to you by covenant and then speaking that out and claiming that and making a demand upon that by faith, then you will be destroyed. <coughs> There's a second category here, and he's talking about those who have rejected knowledge. That's those who knew better and just decided they didn't want to know. I don't, I don't want to pursue this. I don't want to go for it. I know what the word says, and I don't care. Those people, you see, the people who are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, you can sow for knowledge. You can, and, and, and here's the principal seed for knowledge. The principal seed for knowledge is time in the word, study of the word, pray, spend time in the presence of God. That's sowing for knowledge of the word. That's sowing for knowledge of God. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the more time you spend seeking his presence and seeking his word and seeking his direction, the more reward you're going to have. And so you can sow to get out of a lack of knowledge. You can sow your time. You can sow your attention. You can sow your desire to get out of a lack of knowledge. But there's another category in here, and the, the ones he's talking about here are the category that has rejected knowledge. Those are people that should have known better and, 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 and didn't pursue knowledge. They didn't pursue a saving, changing knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are entire denominations that are in that category today, that they don't truly pursue the saving knowledge of, of Jesus Christ as it relates to healing as it relates to prosperity, as it relates to deliverance. They don't really pursue and they don't really seek those things. They have rejected knowledge and what God said was, I'm not going to receive your seed. I won't see your seed there. I won't respect your seed. I won't acknowledge your seed because if you've chosen, if you've willfully chosen to reject that knowledge and did not pursue it, then I'm not going to honor your seed. I'm not If you didn't honor me, I'm Says the word says him well he who honors me him will I honor well what that passage in Hosea is saying there is there is a group of people who fail to to acknowledge and to honor God they reject the knowledge of God you don't want to be in that category you want to be the one who pursues you want to be the one who seeks him out you want to be the one who he teaches and instructs and who leads and who guides and yeah. who corrects your knowledge. there's a lot of different ways that you can seek out knowledge. You can can listen to anointed teaching. You you can go on the internet and you can find all kinds of different uh, anointed teachers of the word who will teach you about the principles of sowing and reaping and sowing your faith and growing your faith and using your faith. If you pursue those things, what will happen is you will know spirit will the spirit reply he that sows to the flesh by reject knowledge by by rejecting or or discarding knowledge he'll reap destruction so anyway i just i I, I, and encourage you in that so for knowledge so for the presence of god so to learn something about how how does my faith operate how do i make my faith go how can i use uh, how, how can I use my faith to, to 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 make it grow, to bring it to the place where it will produce what God intended that it will produce? I do that by sowing, and so we'll pick up the subject. something in your target there's not something in before your eyes there's not something in your life that you're desiring that only God can bring find something pick something choose something ask God for something asking maybe, maybe that if, if, if you don't if you don't have those things there. Right, if you don't if you don't have those things before you maybe the thing you ought to be sowing for. Is to learn more about God, to learn more about the process of God, to learn more about His spiritual way of bringing things to you. So, in any event, find something. Hallelujah. In any event, find something that you can attach your faith to. You can begin to use your faith. on. You begin to serve your faith because that's how you learn. That's how it grows. That's how you begin to exercise it. That's how you begin to use it. Do that. Start there. is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and what will happen is your faith will begin to increase, and what you'll find is your faith will begin to produce things that you had no idea that it would ever produce. Anyway, thanks for joining us once again. We'll pick this uh, subject up again later, and uh, and go forward. but thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you, and remember, if you're not using your faith for something, it's not growing. It's, it's in part, and you need to get it Thanks for joining us, we'll see you on Sunday.